our podcast, Two Black Thoughts. It's Angelique and I. We know it's been a while. We took a very long um, winter break, if you will. However, we're ready to start recording again, and you will be hearing from us regularly once again as we start the new year. Woo! <laughs> so excited about that. <laughs> Super uh, excited. 2021. Oh, gosh. But today we're going to be doing our first movie review. Isn't that exciting, Angelique? Our first movie review. Woo! Super okay. exciting. What movie are we going to be All the enthusiasm. About? We're talking about the new Disney film that came out last year, 2020, called Soul, featuring or centering a black man. So everybody was like super like, what? Disney doing a film, an animated film on black people? We're doing big things in 2020. I was about to say, or, Pixar really, uh, they, they shocked me a little bit. I mean, I'd heard about this movie previously a while back. I've been waiting on it actually for a while because I just thought, you know, it, it would be something interesting. And then when I saw what the premise of the film was going to be about, I was like, oh, that's a black man. And Jamie Foxx is going to be in it. And I was super excited. And I said, let's watch it. Um, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, try I... Like... oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, you saying like you were excited about the premise. I just wanted to say that when I saw the ads for this movie and when I saw like just the clips that, you know, Disney puts out, the previews or whatever, I did not what I thought this movie was going to be was not at all what it was going to be about. Like, I thought it was going to be this totally like not deep dive, but like fun little dive into black music in New York and like how soul music came about. And I thought it was going to have like feature like black Harlem music and kind of, I thought it was going in a completely different direction. So I definitely missed the whole point, like, in the ads and in the previews and so i was thoroughly shocked when i did so you were, yeah you were a little surprised okay that's interesting because you didn't when you when, i guess when you watched it you were it was really new to you you hadn't yeah so so tell yeah. me like what, what was your when you watched it through when you watch it through like you know from beginning to end what was your initial reaction what were you saying what did you feel about it so i think probably the first 20 minutes of the movie I was confused because I was expecting something totally different I was like wait what's going on like did he just die like spoiler alert there's gonna be a lot of spoilers I feel like in this podcast yeah, this so is, if you haven't just, seen the movie just go watch it it's really good yeah. if you don't have a Disney yeah. Plus account go borrow friends <laughs> yeah this is not like a we're going to uh, you know talk about this movie in vagueness like you're gonna have to watch it or get all the spoilers so like I was confused because I didn't know if he had died I was like what's going on and then literally probably about every 15 minutes I was like there's no way that this is a kids movie like that's just there's no way that's this is not how kids movies go like this is not a kids movie in the way that they're talking and the themes that are coming out and like I know everyone's like oh go back and watch old Pixar movies they have like those kinds of adult themes in there and I'm like, this is on a whole different level. So I was like, whoa, now I can't, I can't, I couldn't wrap my head around it being a kid's movie. And so every like 20 minutes, I'd be like, what's happening? This is no way this is a kid's movie. Um, but at the end, I was like, you know, good experience overall. I, I thought it was a very well done movie. The animation was beautiful. Um, and yeah, that was probably just like my general feelings for watching it. Okay, I feel that. I was when I first watched it, I was I was super excited because my mom was like, "Let's watch it together. Let's watch it together." And then I I got tired of waiting on it, so I just watched it. Um, watched it on my <laughs> wow, like I did, and it was totally worth it. Like, I didn't I didn't even care. And I, you know, I started off. I I had a little. I had to, like, I guess a little more insight. Than- 
and it was Caleb. I think you're cutting out. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. You were just cutting out. I'm cutting out. Okay. Yeah, let me. Yeah, that was straight. Um, but I was really impressed. I thought it was like like you said. It was. It was. I thought it was a kids movie, especially when he like switched places with the cat. I thought that was like something they only do for kids and to sell toys. But it it had a really mature theme to me, and it really I guess gave some insight. I guess into how each of us like probably walk about our life and do things from day to day. It was fun. It was fun, and I guess I enjoyed it the most when I when I watched when I watched it the first time, and as I gave like my initial reaction. But as I sat and I started to think about it, because I, I had to find something wrong with it. I was like, something's off about this. Because, you know, that's just what people do. They nitpick and they try to find <laughs> things wrong with it. And I was like, this movie is centered around a black, you know, jazz teacher. And he's not black the entire movie. He, like, think about that. Mm-hmm. He was probably yeah. his black body for about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes out of the entire 90-minute film. And I don't want to say that was a problem. But it is something that Disney and other Pixar films have kind of done over the course of a very long time. So I started yeah. reading. I mean, it's the princess and the frog. Yeah. Yes, the princess and frog. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Like, they, they tianed this. And it. I don't know if it made me upset. It made me, I guess I was more disappointed, right? Because we see that these same, these same movie studios are making the same mistakes over and over. And it's getting kind of old. Interesting. And that's so that like that would be your only critique of this movie, you think? No, that's not my only well, I think that's where my critique begins. And I think most mm. of my critique is centered around them removing him from his body and making him not black for the majority of it. But I do think like that's that's a I think it's a big deal. And I think it's something we need to talk about. Because yeah. as and I, as I was watching the film, I was thoroughly, I was really shocked, like, when he jumped back in his body, right? So about, I don't know, a third of the way through, he jumped back down to Earth, right? And he's going back home, he's going to his body, and ends up in the cat's body. And I yeah. was really, I was kind of put off by that. Not, I don't know if it was because I thought it was kind of childish or because it was odd that there was another voice in a Black man's body. And mm-hmm. that was really, that for a second, I thought I was just kind of tweaking about that. Like, I didn't really think I didn't think too much into it in the second, but as I went back and did some more reading, I found that other people also shared that opinion. Now, yeah. I don't think I've swung, I've swung as far like in the extreme ends of that opinion because some people found it really problematic that Tina Fey, um, the person who played 22. Was a a white cool. woman. Yes, a white woman was inhabiting a black man's body. I never took it yeah. that far because these characters to me weren't racialized, but it was the idea that somebody who did have a solid race, who did have a culture, who was what's the word I'm looking for, connected to his blackness in some way, was suddenly removed from it, and somebody else was kind of walking in it. and Performing it. Okay with it. Yes, performing it. That's the word. That's the word. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> what did you think about it? Because I, because it seemed obvious to me that that's kind of what was going on, but I wasn't sure if I was the only person in the room who felt that way. Yeah, I mean, so, I okay like I asked you the question like was that like your only problem with the film because I think that was like obvious to me like that was that was like I guess Spellman 101 you saw it you see it like you internalize it and definitely like you in the first 20 seconds of it happening know exactly what's going on and know all of the like problematic ways that it's manifesting and so I didn't end up focusing largely on that because I had like 17 other different things that like popped out to me as like issues. And okay. 
and and I was like also in conflict because I was like I I know there's like a, a range right so you said you saw tons of people online who were even like further into the whole like this is super problematic uh right they were like whole saying don't watch this movie or almost as if they didn't enjoy the movie like it wasn't a good movie because of that that particular instance which I wouldn't go as far as to say yeah I feel like so I feel like because there's like I feel like Here's what I think. I think this movie came out in 2020. And I think with everything that happened in 2020, people started to wake up to the fact that like black Hollywood and Hollywood are two very different things and started pushing for more black representation across media forms. And so I think Disney hopped on that wave before they were really ready to tackle everything that that would Mm. include. And so because of that, you have an issue where something so on the nose like it's so on face like even even you yourself had a question like am i tweaking for thinking this is like a problem because it is it's so obviously a problem it shouldn't have been a problem like had disney taken more time and 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 i thought about this too because i was like i was thinking about what other major black films have come out recently and um disney needed to take their time in order to do it right and to do it justice because otherwise you're going to have these kinds of issues cropping up so quickly and it's because like there's there's a range of people who are you know they're just happy that there is the representation period like people like childhood me who is just like oh my gosh I'm seeing a black person do a thing in movies and tv and so I'm happy and satisfied or you have people like who you saw online who are just like no if you're gonna do this you need to not be problematic in 17 different ways and so when there's that range of people, it's near impossible to please everyone, but there is a way to please a majority of people. And, you know, I feel like the only, the only film that has gotten close to even pleasing a majority of people or has pleased a majority of people has been Black Panther. But then when you think about the time and the meticulous nature that all of the people involved had to make that not problematic, like the critiques of that movie were far outweighed by the number of people saying how well done it was. And I think there's so many things that people pointed out with this movie because Disney hopped on a wave before they were ready to. And they hopped on the BLM fad instead of the BLM ideology and the meaning behind it. And it shows. Interesting. And I think, and I don't, and I do want, I don't want to like, I really don't want to trash the movie because I did. I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Like just watching it, you could. I, I don't want to say the individuals who worked in this project didn't take their time at all, or like they didn't even. Yeah. They didn't even like think about the things, right? I think it was yeah. just obvious that somebody white was the director of this movie, right? Somebody who hadn't walked in black shoes, right? And particularly like right when he walked in the barbershop, um, I thought it was really interesting, like, because any any little black boy who goes to a barbershop knows that there's like a, I don't want to say there's a process, but there's a, a way you do things, right? Like, you go in, you know, you kind of take your seat. Sometimes you set an appointment, sometimes you don't. You might dap up everybody there. Somebody's usually going to holler at you, this type and the third. And I was really surprised at how well they captured those little things, right? Like, mm-hmm. that barbershop looked like somewhere I would go to cut my hair. Those yeah. barbers looked like people that I would be like, yeah, bro, like, you know, do this, that, the third, and we're going to be cool. Like, the interactions and the small, the little things, I was very much impressed with, like, the sprinkles of Black culture or of little things that Black people would, like, know about. We're, we're in that film. And plus, well, I really yeah. enjoyed it. And there's, th- we should note, like, yeah, there was a white director, but also Kemp Powers co-directed. So 
he's black and he did co-direct the film and that might be where those like sprinkles came in and but also I would ask you like do you think those sprinkles came in because it's you know 2020 and people know about those things now like those are uh it's a like kind of like a reflection of the progression of entertainment in general and like because people were commenting a lot about the animation right and how far the animation has come but is that like a reflection of we wanted to do this right by black folks since we're centering a black man or is it just 2020 and animation is like really good right now and like has progressed over the last however many years and had this been any other animated film it would have had the same level of detail that's that's a really good question and i don't and my response to is i don't think it matters or i don't think it matters that much right i'm just i'm just happy that somebody took a small part of my life and i saw it on the screen right like something that's not overly important but something that's part of my routine and that i you know would do on a regular pre-pandemic of course yeah I, i really think if anybody else had somebody had to go to a barbershop and I don't want to say study one, but at the very least had to interact with someone on that level. Somebody had to figure that out and say, this is something worth representing in a movie and go through the little details. And I'm just, I guess I'm just happy that somebody thought about the little things. You know, sometimes there are just all, you're all, as you were saying at the beginning, right? There were, you, you were never going to please everybody with this film, but you could possibly please some people or even a large majority of people with some of the small details throughout it and I was, I was just impressed I really liked it I really really liked it <laughs> I mean I, I liked it too I don't think I had such a strong like as you but um like I said it's it, it's a representation thing and so this was a representation of a black male I wasn't probably going to have a strong as emotional attachment as you are it would be concerning if if I had <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, fair. That's fair. that would have been a little different conversation if I was like yes I felt like I was represented on the screen but I mean <laughs> But you do, you, you make a good point about, about, you know, it's, I like the Tiana, they Tiana it. Like, that's something that shouldn't be overlooked and shouldn't be, like, hushed away in the corner just because it is represented, like, like re- representative of your experience in any small way. Because, I mean, I think that the movie even made a joke about 22 being Tina Fey in the movie, like, and that's, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier when I was like, there were so many things where I was like, there's no way this is a kid's movie because I was like, the level of meta happening in that movie was out the, like, out the wazoo. It was crazy. And I feel like if they can acknowledge that 22 is, like, who is voicing 22, they probably can understand what it looks like to have then that voice being shown in blackface. Because that's it's like 2020 blackface in a really like aggressive way to so describe you, it. You think this is this is equivalent, not equivalent, but akin to some type of blackface? I think that like for those people who are down the rabbit hole, I feel like they're that's definitely a line of argumentation that could be had, especially okay. given like over the years, how many people have critiqued the princess and the frog and how many people are like with this new movie because they're making a new movie with this new one, like Tiana better be a a black woman doing black woman things and better not be turned into a frog for the whole movie again. Like they've definitely heard those critiques. They definitely know the problems with doing this. And so it's one thing to put him in a cat. It's another thing to then put someone who they know is being voiced by a white person and then have that voice represented in a black body. Like they know better. There's no excuse. 
there's really no excuse. And so I'm not going to say it's blackface. Like, that's really extreme. I'm saying yeah, I could I'm... see that argument. Okay, that's fair. What did you, so there was another, there was another interesting thought that I read somewhere. Um, and this was more of a, uh, let me just, I guess I'll just see what you think about this. There was a, there was a line of, a line of thought saying that um, Joe Gardner, the character, the primary character in this, in this movie, lacked a sense of agency, right? That the entire time he was kind of just being, pushed along these line of events and things were happening to him. It was mm-hmm. less of him doing things. And it kind of felt as if his voice and his agency were being stripped away the entire movie and replaced by, you know, another person, like a white person essentially had to come in and fix his life, right? I.e. 22, mending the relationship with his mother, right? Getting him back on track to take the gig, you know, fixing his hair, this, that, and the third, um, even helping the little girl with the trombone on the stairs. Mm-hmm. It felt as if there was a bit of a white savior complex going on. Hmm. Through, through through the entirety of the film what, what what would you say to that I mean I could see it I don't know if I, I I don't think I saw it from a white savior complex because for all intents and purposes since the movie was supposed to be like it this was him right and this was his person I think I had a larger problem with how and we might you know get into this more later I think I had a larger problem with how he only then gave 22 a chance at life after his you know lifelong dream ended up not being what it what what it ought to have been like I felt like to me that was more like saying indulge in your selfishness and then when it doesn't turn out like how you want it to then give someone else a shot which I was like interesting that they chose to do this in a movie where the black man is the character like every other Disney Mm. movie people you know practice self-sacrifice and like Mulan's all about sacrificing herself for her father and then sacrificing herself for her people like and, you know, Toy Story is all about him, uh, Woody sacrificing himself for Andy and, like, doing all these things for Andy. But in Seoul, it was like, oh, a black man? Now we're going to have him be selfish and, like, live out his dream, push to fight for his dream. But his dream's not going to be what all he wants it to be. He's going to be unfulfilled, and then he's going to, like, do something for someone else. It seemed a little contorted. And so I didn't see a white savior in okay. that as much as I saw it was, like, it, it, to me, the white savior didn't come out as much because the white person didn't save him in any capacity. He got to do ultimately what he wanted to do. I do think calling it a white savior like type complex is a bit far, but I, I do like that line of thought a little bit, right? Because I do think, and 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 just to step back for a second, I think it was he was kind of written that way on purpose. The whole mm-hmm. point, I think, of the movie was to show that he was kind of just walking through life, waiting for something to happen to him. And yeah. the movie, in my opinion, is trying to tell you, no, you have to go out and find it, right? You have to find your joy. You have to do the things every day that make you happy, or at least try to do them to make them make you happy, to have a fulfilled life. So I didn't, it wasn't like a big deal to me, but I did understand that line of thought in the sense that he had all of these, I don't want to say broken relationships around him, but incomplete, right? If you kind of saw him pre before he died or had this coma or whatever, he was kind of a, a bit of a shell of himself. And I don't think it was, it was almost like he was incomplete. Someone else had to show him how to be a person. I don't think that was right. I think mm. there were like, particularly again, going back to the barbershop, right? Where his barber was like, all we ever do is talk about jazz, which is cool, but there's more to me than just talking about jazz, right? I think that's really like, I thought it was dumb. Like nobody goes to a barbershop and really talks about jazz, much less only talks to a single, singular person about one particular thing you have in common, right? That's mm-hmm. not how relationships naturally grow. That's not how they mature typically that's how people start off right if i'm if i meet a new person and we have a common interest we might sit to that common interest for a while but you know after doing that for even a few days that gets boring 
I really thought they, I don't want to say they pacified him, but he wasn't, they showed him as less of an active participant in his life than was necessary. And I do think that might be a problem because a lot of black people have strong agency. They have their own thoughts. They have their own ambitions. They have things they want to do. And I felt as if they kind of portrayed him in the sense that he didn't know what he wanted to do and he didn't know how to get there. And that well, he clearly knew what there. he wanted to do. He wanted to, you know, be a famous jazz musician. Mm-hmm. That he was like clear. Jazz. Right. Yeah. So I don't, and I he, don't think it showed a, a lack of agency. Uh, and at least in, in not knowing what he wanted to do, he might have been like, which it's interesting if you use this word. He might have been lazy in in his efforts to get his dream, but then that's like, ooh, black man being lazy. We love that stereotype. Uh, and it's. I don't know. I mean, there, there are a lot of lazy people. I will say that, but I don't know if that. Yeah, you see, there was, there were a lot of subtle things. I think in this movie that they kind of they kind of walked the line that they didn't have to walk. Well, and that's why I said what I said earlier about like they hopped on a wave before they were ready. Like I, like you said, I was not trying to dismiss the effort and the time and the work that the people who were on this project did give, but I was like some of these. Some of these levels of like comments and criticisms that we're giving are like you can see them within minutes, and it doesn't take a degree from an HBCU to see them. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, the internet pointed them out in like several. And then I, I mean, like, there was um, something that I saw online that kind of per- perfectly grasped like kind of what we're getting at, and it was basically just talking about how you know this it was a clip of of a mom basically praising the movie because um her daughter saw the girl in the jazz room who had the locks and she was like she looks like me you know and so it was like it was representation and I feel like if this were a decade ago two decades ago just that would be perfectly fine and everything else in the movie wouldn't wouldn't have even been like as serious of a conversation of discussion. But I feel like we've hit a point where, yay, we're happy for representation, but what around that representation is happening? What else is happening? Because that also influences how people perceive us. And so it's like, you can't be just satisfied that it was good representation in some ways, in some capacities. If you know that we're going to call for more, you know we're going to have problems with more than just seeing ourselves on TV. Like, seeing ourselves in a movie is not the baseline that they should have been shooting for. And I don't think it was. But I think that had they taken more time in thinking about what some of this looks like to an audience they would find all of these things that we've been pointing out and maybe have come up with better ways to showcase some of it. So we've, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's really clear that our culture has kind of hit a critical mass in terms of, I don't want to say representing black people in the media because we should always strive for more of that and we definitely still need more of it. But people have gotten to to a place where they can openly acknowledge black people within their work, credit them with, credit them with things and keep it keep moving forward my question then is how do we increase the quality of that representation right what do we want our filmmakers or our storytellers to do to say that this is how black people want to be seen this is how we should be perceived like what what's the next step i guess in making sure that the black voice or the black the black black people mm-hmm. are seen properly throughout all of america i mean i i think the next step is just like keep going like in the basic sense of it <laughs> like 
it, we can't wait another 10 years for another black movie to come out because we're going to see all these same problems. Like we're going to see all the same issues. The problem is, is that there is only a select number of, of animated or otherwise, but like we'll focus on animated, but there's only a select number of stories that focus on black people. And so when you have only a handful it matters like three, four, five, six times as much what is happening in those stories. So it's, it's like, for me, it's like a balance, like a, a balance weight. We have soul, but if we had had like, and that's why I kind of use the other examples of other Disney animated movies, because I'm like, there's probably tons of things that you could point out in those movies that are a problem. But the problem is for us that we don't have as many to compare to. So it's like we have, princess and the frog and we have soul and when you only have two and that's the only representation that you have there's going to be so many ways that people critique it but more stories centering black folks more more different and diverse types of stories centering black people and some of that pressure to be quote-unquote perfect goes away right because you could focus on capturing like if the purpose of this movie was to just they really wanted to focus on soul like they wanted to focus on giving a message of positivity for your purpose in life like that was their goal but they wanted to do it centering a black person that's fine we just also need other kinds of storylines that shows you know black people finding their dream and fulfilling their dream and not needing to have an outer body experience to even realize what they wanted to do or what their purpose was. Right. Like, and have a different kind of like challenge in their storyline. We just need different and more stories. And that's kind of like, that's just what the next step is, is just more like it. There's not even a, a simpler way to put it or a different way to put it because that's just what needs to happen. Like, when you only have a handful, that's what's going to happen. I think that's a great idea, right? Like, I think I, I think the problem, I don't want to say the problem has always been volume, but I think a lot of people are scared to write stories about Black people because, well, they're not Black people. And <laughs> that, can, that can be intimidating. However, I think this also points to points to the problem that there needs to be more Black, black storytellers in Hollywood, right? People need to seek out Black voices and say, listen, I know you have a story, Show it to uh, us, right? I Emphasize re- those. Uh, I want to reframe that a little bit because they reframe exist how? already. I, uh, es- like, excuse me. Okay, okay, okay. Seek out. Like they are, they already exist. They're already there. Black storytellers are there. They're they're just in. Like that's why I said Black Hollywood and Hollywood. Uh, a lot of entertainers, I know of at least one who talks about it openly in like books and interviews. But a lot of Black entertainers will talk about how there's Hollywood. There's Black Hollywood. So they're already there. Black writers, Black storytellers, Black screenplay writers, Black directors, they're already there. And they're, they're in wealth, but access and opportunity are not there. And so if Hollywood is really serious about putting out some of these stories, all they have to do is tap into that vast resource. They're already there and they're already producing great content. And the difference is, is on staff at some of these big agencies, you'll only see one or two, right? Like there's, they're just not as many of them there, but I don't want us to get into this. We need to seek out black stories kind of narrative because they're already there and they're there in mass for sure. Good catch. Good catch. But I do like, and going, good catch. But like, I, I guess continue sorry that to, comment. So, sorry to no, 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 no. I just, that was, you know, it was, you know, good looks like you really, you know, 
that was a I think that was a good you know correction of those words. Um, what was I saying though? Volume, yes. Like if there were more stories, I I don't I don't want to say this would be less of an issue, but as as you've already kind of said it, as you already kind of said, there would be more to talk about than just the problems of race or the problems of the presentation of certain cultures within these movies. I really I really do believe that more people should probably use their voice to amplify amplify the voices of other black people right and i think that's that's kind of the whole point um to tell to help people tell stories that are important and even if you i don't want to say even if you do mess up because there are certain mistakes that just shouldn't be made as we've already kind of said we're at a point to where some of the mistakes that are made in this movie were the same mistakes made in previous movies like 22 couldn't have been a black woman 22 right, couldn't like, have been another black man you couldn't find a couldn't have been black anybody female else? comedian like there were oh my gosh like there are so many funny black women just hilarious like anybody anybody could have anybody else's voice could have been there so it just do better do better hollywood do better in a way Try 22 could have J- jamie fox used to be a comedian in a way 22 could have been just jamie fox like as jamie fox you know what i mean like they could have <laughs> done jamie fox <laughs> Yeah, like they really could have done that. And 22 was just like a stuck soul of Jamie Foxx and like another kind of. <laughs> there were so many other ways that that could have gone. I feel like the fact that they found the one way to make, especially in the year of the Karen, like I just find it hard to believe that <laughs> nobody was like. And I know they had already recorded, like the movie came out year in 2020, the so they had already filmed everything. But I'm just like, come on, come on. Y'all really didn't catch this? I find it, it hard was... to believe. No. Yeah, nobody. They had Angela Bassett up in this movie. You don't think she side eyed them? Yeah, Angela Bassett. You just know she side eyed them. I have it in my heart of hearts. I think she was voicing there too. Yeah, she was. David Diggs was in there. And so I'm like, y'all had all these black folks who were in like very well progressive. And And then they just. I just just had to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Who said said that was okay? I don't know. It was, it was a good movie overall, though. I do I do hope Pixar and Disney continue to try to push out films like this because I don't I don't think this is a bad attempt. I don't even think this is a really poor job, right? Like yeah. I, I would like I just I would like to see something like this again, and I would like to see it before I turn thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think that's the crux of this. In terms yeah, of I mean, represent- oh god. I was just gonna say. I mean, it it was like a really well done movie like at the end of the day um and I but I just think it's almost tragic in a way that we've sat here and we've talked about this movie and we we haven't focused on like the plot we haven't focused on like the big themes that came out of it a large large focus wasn't on that because there were other things that ended up taking precedence in our minds which I think is a problem like if your movie is something that's like not your plot and the storyline and the arcs and the challenges and like that's not what we're focused on like did they achieve a connection with the we're not talking about any of that I think that's kind of the biggest indication of of the problem hmm. and can I tell a little story sure I will, I will tell a small story this is like this, this just kind of popped into my head but I think it it matters in this one so I was at the mall like um back over the summer um of course I was there responsibly I had my mask on and all that good stuff I was looking for I think I was looking for like a new pair of shoes um, and I kind of like wandered off from my, wandered off from my family. My mom, she went to do something with my sister and they were in some of the shorts. So anyway, I leave cause I couldn't find the shoes that I wanted and I'm walking to go find them. And like, there's this little boy who's like pointing at me. Right. And this little kid's like, he's adorable. Right. 
And he's like, he's just pointing at me. He's just pointing at me, a little black boy. And I'm just like, like, what's going on? Like, why are you pointing at me? I wasn't paying any attention. And his mom was like, stop pointing. What are you doing? Put your hand down. And then like, and I heard him, I heard him say, but he looks like me. He looks like me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what? And then I like, I paid more attention, right? Like we both had on these really cool jean shorts. We both had on our Dragon Ball t-shirts. His locks were pulled back. I think almost in an identical way, my locks were pulled back in. You know, <laughs> I had, you know, my little, my little earring in, you know, I was, I was, I was really looking kind of nice that day. I, I really... I was oh my god okay um don't gas yourself up too good. anyway <laughs> anyway anyway but this little boy like looked like me and he recognized that he was like he yeah. looks like me and i just say that all to say that representation matters right yeah. it's important for people to see other people that are that look like them that aspire to be like them to have some of the same interests as them just for the sake just for the fact that it gives you more confidence in who you are as a person right it lets yeah. you know that what i'm doing can, can bring about, you know, some type of joy and some type of meaning to this world. And somebody else also recognizes that. And I think that's kind of, that's one of these, one of the things this movie does well, if not anything else, right? It gives yeah. more representation to other people out there who are chasing their dreams to be, I guess, famous jazz musicians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's totally true. So, I, I mean, I think ultimately, like, I think we're close to wrapping up, but I think this is, I'm going to say this now and this, it'll probably be my last black thought, but okay, you know, the princess and the frog came out in 2009. This movie came out in 2020. I think the princess and the frog too, the, the sequel they're making is supposed to come out in 2022. There better also be a black movie in 2023 in 2024 and 2025 and so on. Uh, I think that's how you, solve a lot of the issues we pointed out with this movie but I also think that's how you just get better overall and I think when that happens I can go back and watch Soul and be like oh this is this is just a good movie period and I don't have to sit there and dissect as hard all of the ways that it could have been better because I know that there's other movies and hopefully better done you know in those kinds of terms movies to show not just representation but good representation Fantastic. One more question before we go. Um, I, I know we both, like, when we were both watching this movie, there were other things that came to the forefront of our minds before actually dissecting the plot and some of the, you know, key moments throughout the movie. Do you yeah. think that some of those those missteps, I guess, throughout the film, particularly around these issues we've been discussing, were more distracting or they were just there and they kind of, it was something added to you watching the movie? Does that make sense? That. Yeah, I mean, it it may it makes sense. I think um I think for me the most distracting part was all of the adult themes that were in it. Like I just think that for a kid I had a hard time being like for a kids movie y'all are talking about you know, they had the heaven and hell versions but like not really heaven. <laughs> it was like the place where souls are created and the way that they did the movie was very like this is like one step shy of making a kid have an existential crisis. Like, that's kind of how I was feeling. So I feel like that that was the most distracting thing, I think. Okay. Then secondly, okay. these issues were, like, distracting. These came, like, as a close, like, had that not been such a distraction, this would probably be a distraction. But I don't think that it took away from the movie's watching experience, at least. Like, I still found myself enjoying the movie at the same time of, of noticing these things, you know? Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. I, like, I, I kind of had those same feelings. All right, then. Well, I guess we're done. Are we done? 
Yeah, I mean, okay, I just wanted to say one extra thing, though, because there was another meme that I saw online that I just thought was, like, it was funny to me. I laughed. I liked it, but also kind of of speaks to what we were talking about, because it goes, 1995, Pixar, what if toys had feelings? 2007, what if rats had feelings? Because, you know, Ratatouille. Ratatouille, Uh, yes. I didn't like that movie. You didn't like that movie? No, it's about a rat. Like, who wants to watch a rat cook? That's not interesting. That's... <laughs> remove the rat so... from it he was he wanted to but that's what kind of goes to my point earlier like that rat had a passion for cooking and he was not was gonna so let I... <laughs> was so that's dumb. a conversation for another day because i love that movie that's a good movie. i i didn't i didn't get that movie anyway <laughs> we're gonna have a that's a conversation for another day because you're gonna get me all worked up about this movie about a rat um but anyway it was like 2006 you know what if cars had feelings um, you know, from the movie Cars, and then it was 2015. What if feelings had feelings? You know, from Inside Out, and then it was like oh. 2020. Pixar. What if black people had feelings? And I was like, that's <laughs> terrible, <laughs> hilarious, but terrible. And I just that's I wanted what to happened. Know, Everyone I, I else was... got personified and represented before black people. <laughs> yeah, I just like. <laughs> It's obviously a joke. It's obviously like it's meant to be funny. I wanted to end on something like lighthearted like that, but it does speak to kind of what we were talking about this whole time. So um, that's it for me. Yeah, dark humor to end it off. (laughs) All right, once again, thanks for being here and thanks for listening to our wonderful audience. Uh, Please do do us a favor because we're starting to really not starting to really enjoy, but we really do enjoy making these things, and we'd like for a lot of people to hear them. So if you enjoyed listening to our content today. Just go tell a friend and tell them to give us a listen and let us know what you think. With that being said, thank you again. Thanks, everyone. Bye.